0: Uh, Would you turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm just going to say a few comments about 1 Peter chapter 3. Why are we here? Why do we do this? Why do we dunk people in the water? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20, I'll just read those verses, he said, Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. In First Peter chapter 3, he talks about what baptism is. Why are we here? Why do we do this? Baptism is one of the most uh, confused doctrines of the church. Uh, Many folks put too much emphasis on the baptism. Many folks think that baptism itself, the act itself, will wash away sin. We will see from this scriptures that the scriptures teach very clearly what baptism is and what baptism is not. Um, If you look at with me on 1st Peter chapter 3, I'm just going to go through two verses. Verse 21 and 22. Verse 21 and 22. It says here, corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. God gave this passage so that you would place all your hope and trust in Jesus to save you from judgment. He gives us this passage to clarify that there is a judgment coming because of our sins. Because we have sinned against God. We have rejected God, we have rejected His ways, we don't desire to be with Him, we don't desire to live under the way He desires us to live. And yet, God says, I have given you my Son, not to trust in ritual, not to trust in um, mandates, but to trust in Christ alone. Peter is speaking to folks who are already confusing what true baptism really is. Baptism, the the word itself, simply means to immerse. It could be immerse in water. It could be to be immersed in any kind of liquid, but it means to go down in the water. And the word saves simply means to rescue. And we know by context, this is meaning rescue from sin, rescue from condemnation, rescue from hell. And so the text says, so baptism saves you, but it's not the way you think. Not the ritual itself. Okay? Many per- traditions perpetuate this confusion. Most false doctrines and heresies can be done away with if they just followed one rule of interpretation. And that is, keep Reading. If you saw this text, Baptism Now Saves You, and you stopped there, stripped it out of its context, you would not know exactly what it's teaching. And all I say is, keep reading. Keep reading. Now, to place all your faith and trust in Christ, rather than empty ritual, Peter, by the Holy Spirit, clarifies three characteristics of true christian baptism first verse 21 a the first phrase there and corresponding to that and corresponding to that the word corresponding is the word in the greek it's antitype, type anti-type and that is almost like when you have a hammer and an anvil or if you remember those old old uh typewriters maybe it's before your time but when I first learned how to keyboard, you would hit this manual typewriter, and this hammer would strike the paper. And the paper we would call type. Get it? That's from the Greek, right? But the hammer with the letter on it is called the antitype. okay So the anti-type images the type. okay? And so what he's saying is, that baptism is the antitype of what just occurred, and what is what has just occurred? He says, "Corresponding." The word "corresponding" is the antitype of what? It is related to what? It pictures what? He says, "To that." What is the that? If baptism is the antitype, the type is Noah and his family's whole salvation experience. You notice here. He says, just a verse above, he says, uh, for it is better, verse 17, if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. This is what is called the doctrine of justification. The Holy One was sacrificed for the unholy. The just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God having put to death in the flesh, in which he went and made proclamation to the spirits, verse 20, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days, here it is, the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water, verse 21, corresponding to that. So what is Paul saying? He's saying this, just as Noah was under the judgment of the earth, right so are we apart from christ under the judgment we know from genesis chapter 6 it says in genesis chapter 6 verse 5 the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and every intent of the heart was evil continually god looked upon the earth in genesis chapter 6 and condemned it with judgment because of the sin because of their lies they thought about sin and continually. Sadly, we see this even in the news articles. If you are watching TV, all you see is just sin after sin after sin. And what God is saying is, God is going to judge us because of it. And so just as Noah was judged, so are we apart from Christ. If we don't know Christ, we have rebelled against His will. We don't want Him to be Lord over us. We don't want His forgiveness. We don't want His grace. Also, it is judgment by water. We know that in Genesis chapter 7, that there is judgment by water. It says in Genesis 7, Noah's life in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were open. So there's a parallel what is baptism what is baptism supposed to parallel Baptism pictures true salvation as Noah pictures physical salvation As Noah was saved from destruction so is the believer saved from eternal destruction As Noah was provided shelter in the ark so the believer is saved from from the destruction in the shelter of Christ. As Noah hid from judgment in the ark, so the believer can hide from judgment in Christ. As destruction from the old life comes by water, so the believer is given new life through the imagery of the water. The water itself does not wash, but it is an imagery, it is a picture of what has come. Baptism is a picture in itself. It displays in full color a reality that has already taken place. And let me say that again. Baptism is a picture of a spiritual reality that has already taken place. Only those who have put their faith in Christ and has trusted Christ as the ark to save me through this destruction... Are those, is, is, uh, is the picture of baptism fully made? This reality that the believer who fully trusts in Christ has passed from destruction and judgment from his sin to life eternal. Second clarification. So first, the first one. Remember baptism's metaphor. It's just a metaphor. Okay? It doesn't have magical powers here. Okay, Buccaneer Beach, the water there has no magical powers to wash your sin. Baptism in and of itself does not wash sin. Secondly, reject faith's mimic, okay? We have remember baptism's metaphor, secondly reject faith's mimic and mimic. And now he says in no unclear terms. Look at the text. He says, not the removal of dirt From the flesh. To be absolutely clear. Peter adds this phrase. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh. Now here is the clarifying statement. If I used to think. That I would be saved. Peter himself clarifies it. Rituals don't wash you from your sin. How can water wash you from your sin? How can just simply dunking you in the beach. Wash you. From your sin. The word therefore removal means a clearing, a cleansing. He is saying that the ritual of baptism itself does nothing to remove sin in one's life. The removal of dirt is a merely an external outward work. All it does is wash off anything external, like washing off your feet. There's a shower over there. You're washing off your feet, you're washing the sand off your feet but it does not cleanse your soul, brother and sister. There is nothing we could do outside of us that will cleanse our souls. I need a purification with Him. You need a purification with Baptism in and of itself is an ordinance demanded by Christ as a symbol of a deeper reality that has already taken place. It does nothing to wash sin, to take away sin, to absolve sins. That is a lie. Only Christ can remove sin from the soul. And we're going to see that from the text. Getting baptized without really having true faith in Christ and His work is of no use. It is useless. It is vain. It is empty. It is a farce. It is false. It is claiming to know the Savior, yet not having a relationship with Him. If you get baptized without having your whole faith based on Christ and His work, you're just getting wet. There is no reality of new life. Third clarification. First, recall baptism's metaphor. It's only a picture. Second, reject faith's mimic It does not save someone in and of itself of of sin. Thirdly, and here it is, the most important, rest in Christ's merit. Rest in Christ's merit. Baptism presupposes that you have already rested in Christ's merit. And what do I mean by that? You have placed your faith and trust in Christ and in Christ alone. He says here, verse 21, as you're following with me, corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh. Again, not the physical act itself, okay? But, an appeal to God for a good conscience. Now, he uses this word, but, okay? In English, we only have one word, it's but. It's called an adversative. When you're trying to say something... If we want to say, if we want to emphasize it, we put it with our tone. We change our tone. We say, but, right, we want to make it a stronger adversative. But in the Greek, there's two different words. There's a slight adversative. It's kind of, but, right, this is the strong adversative, but. And the reason why he says this and the reason why he picks this word is because unlike the physical act of baptism, he says, but this is what saves you. This is what saves you. This is what cleanses your soul from sin. This is how you know forgiveness for sure. Not this act, but this. And then he says, what? An appeal. An appeal for a good conscience. He says, that word for appeal means inquiry, request. used of in contracts. What is the request? For a good. That means upright. A whole conscience an awareness within oneself of right and wrong what what the gospel says is that prior to being saved the Holy Spirit will come and convict you And one of the texts it says in John chapter 16 of sin righteousness and judgment the Holy Spirit convicts of sin righteousness and judgment the Holy Spirit vexes your conscience by his grace, by the preaching of his word, as you hear the gospel and you hear it preached, you know that it's right and you fight it. Like I remember as a kid, people were sharing the gospel with me. This was before high school. I knew it was right. I knew that there was a Christ and I fought it because I didn't want Christ to be Lord over me. I would say with my lips, yeah, I believe him as my Savior, but he really was not my Lord. So I didn't own him as Lord and Savior. I could not stand it. And every time someone brought up Christ, I rebelled against it. And you're going to hear that from some of the testimonies. These sweet, wonderful youth were, had rebellious hearts under the homes of Christian homes. Rebellious hearts. They hated when their parents spoke of Christ. Why? Because it vexed their conscience. They weren't right with God. But praise God he does that. Amen? David says that his hand was heavy upon me and my vitality was drained away as with the fever heat. So he convicts us of our sin, but that's not enough. Conviction is not enough. Conviction is not regeneration. Conviction is not new life. That's only the beginning. There also has to be a need for holiness. What occurs is the Christian, or excuse me, the unbeliever who doesn't know Christ is convicted of their sin and they know they have to get right. I think it's wonderful when God draws a sinner. In fact, you cannot stop them. They hear the gospel, they hear the word of God, they go, I'm there. I gotta go. I gotta get changed. I gotta hear it. And what uh, the good conscience there means a cleansed conscience, a removal of guilt. What happens is your conscience, as you sin, God has given you a God-given device. It's called guilt to cause you to think about your sin, to cause you to think, I need cleansing. But that's not enough as well. You have to direct it to God. In, In other words, you're saying, I am guilty, but I have nowhere to go with this. I've gone to psychologists. I've gone to psychiatrists. I've gone to read read my horoscope. I've gone to counselors and therapists. I've gone to Oprah. I've gone to Dr. Phil. I've gone to this advice and this wisdom and this person. And yet, you have no relief for your conscience. Why? The only one who could relieve you of your conscience is God himself. And he's done it by giving you his son. Because you know you sit there guilty. I look in the mirror of the word of God and I see my own sin. And I know, but for the grace of God, but for Jesus Christ, I would be condemned. You know this to be true, Christian. But, lastly, you come on God's terms, not on yours. You don't go to God and making deals. See, that's, that's true repentance. An appeal, the word there for appeal, as we talked about, it's contract language stating he or she will come on God's terms. All I have is one request. There is no negotiation. There is no making with deals. It is a, cre- a request of desperation according to God's righteous demands. We cannot fulfill His righteous commands, so I appeal. This appeal, we know from later context, is through faith and repentance. These are attitudes, these are not works. You cannot save yourself. Okay? What is faith? Faith is a saying, I look unto Christ for my salvation. He is the only wo- reason why I could be saved. Because of His perfect righteousness Because He has died on the cross and I put my trust in Him. Repentance is the turning away from my dead works and from the world. I can't earn my salvation. Not even baptism can save me. Not even prayers can save me. None of this can save me. I have to look on Him and Him alone. So the Bible is saying it's not the baptism that saves you. It is the appeal. It is the looking up in faith. It's the... Not negotiating with God. It's God, I need you. I need Christ. I need you to save me. And what's amazing is he grants you a clean conscience. You actually can be clean. Does that mean you're perfect? No. It means that I know that every sin I've done or ever committed has been met on the Christ at the cross when he bled for me. So my appeal and my knowledge that I am saved is not because of what I've done. It's because what? What he has already done. He has defeated death. It says the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It shows his power over death. It shows his promises for his people. He, has, he sits on the throne. It says who is at the right hand of God having gone into heaven. That is the seed of favor. His work is complete. He is victorious over his enemies. This context after angels, authorities, and powers. That is the whole demonic realm. Jesus has showed his power. All they they hurled all their abuse and all their hate at him on the cross. And Jesus has showed his power how? By raising from the dead and showing his dominance over them. There is no sin that you are dealing with that he is not stronger. He is stronger than every sin, brothers and sisters. And if you come here and your conscience is vexed and you know you need Christ, He is stronger than your unbelief. You ask God, help me with my unbelief. I need you, God. I need you. Do you trust in Christ? Do you trust in Him alone? Or has your faith been in some ritual where you baptized but you've never really lived for Christ? Did you come forward, but you never really showed fruits of repentance? Did you raise your hand in the past, but you never bowed the knee in your heart? Did you pray the sinner's prayer and copy someone else, but never really meant it in your heart? I heard one preacher this week say, "Uh, uh, parrots don't get saved. I, I, am a sinner, am a sinner. Parents don't get saved. Do you understand? Is it true in your heart? Do you believe that Christ alone and faith in Him and His work will save you? Or are you trusting in empty ritual? If you want forgiveness of sins, you can't make deals with God. You need to believe in Christ and repent. Turn away from a lifestyle of sin. If you want to talk after baptism, I'm available Or other members of the church, please come. Let's talk. Let's get your questions answered. Your soul is too valuable to not seriously consider Christ. All is lost if you ignore him. He offers salvation in him and a clean conscience. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you that you have given us Christ, we pray at this time. May these testimonies glorify you. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the provision in Christ. We can be sure we're saved, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done. His perfect righteousness paid for our sin. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.